Let's pray. Father, teach us to examine our own hearts and to see there the things which must be gotten rid of and turned away from. Give us your Holy Spirit that we might do this, and especially today as we consider this parable of the rich fool. In Jesus' name, Amen. Well, this is a sermon about where life is and isn't to be found. Your life doesn't come from what you own, said Jesus. And he told a story to embody this point. A story about a man who had plenty laid up for many years, but who died among the piles of grain that he had heaped up. He forgot that life comes from God and not from the plenty that may surround us. And this meant that he died a fool. Now, there's a big industry out there busy suggesting to you and I that there is something life-giving about stuff. The advertising industry. And if you had these shoes, they're busy telling you, suggesting to you, life would be better. Wow. Look at them. They're so cool. And you'd walk around being cool and feeling great. Just you had these shoes. Or if you had this investment portfolio, life would be just dandy. Check out that bank balance. Watch my crypto go to the moon. If you had that, you could feel like you could stop worrying and start enjoying life. Now, there is a truth in this. We do need to harvest and store up crops. We do get pleasure from shoes. And we do insulate ourselves from misfortune by having savings. There is a truth in that. But there is a lie as well. For as Jesus says in the next passage, life is more than food and the body is more than clothing. It is this more that the vice of greed ignores and that this rich man forgets. And so today let's have a look at the wrong place to find life. Firstly and secondly, the right place to find life. So firstly, the wrong place to find life is in storing up things for yourself. Verse 12, someone in the crowd said to him, Teacher, tell my brother to divide the inheritance with me. Jesus replied, Man, who appointed me a judge or arbiter between you? Now, in the background to this request is a breakdown in brotherhood. There's a dispute that's come to concern property, and there is a desire to part ways between these brothers. Now, Jesus refuses to judge this dispute, so we never find out any details, but he does warn against greed, against valuing wealth and possessions above relationships. Verse 15, then he said to them, watch out, be on your guard against all kinds of greed. Life does not consist in an abundance of possessions. The parable he tells is of a man who is firstly rich to start off with. Secondly, made richer by a bumper crop. And thirdly, well, as we see, uh, the way he handles the situation he finds himself in shows that he is also 
self-absorbed. He thought to himself, we read in chapter 7 and verse 17, he thought to himself, what shall I do with all of this abundant harvest on top of the wealth I already have? I have no place to store my crops. Then he said, this is what I'll do. I will tear down my barns and build bigger ones. And there I will store my surplus grain. And I'll say to myself, you have plenty of grain laid up for many years. Take life easy, eat, drink, and be merry. Now here's one for the fans of the King James Version. Let me give you verse 19 in the King James Version. Verse 19 says, And I will say to my soul, Soul, thou hast much goods laid up for many years. Take thine ease, eat, drink, and be merry. And there's something extra in that, isn't there? When they include what's in the Greek, soul, the address to his soul. Because this man is really thinking of someone. He's looking forward to breaking the good news to them of the wealth and the good fortune that he has for them. And he's perhaps bought a bottle of champagne to toast the moment where he breaks the news to this special someone about all the wealth that he's got for them. Who is that special someone? It's himself. Oh soul, dear soul, darling soul, my darling soul, I have had a great gift and it's just for you. You know all that hard work of sowing and harvesting I did? Well, it's paid off. I'm even richer and I'm giving it all to you, soul of mine. Take it easy. Cheers, darling. Eat, drink and be merry. I just want you to be happy. That's the scene. And into this tender moment, this dreamy scene between a man and his own soul, comes God. Verse 20, but God said to him, you fool, this very night your life will be demanded from you. Again, let's go to the KJV. Thou fool, this night thy soul will be required of thee. That soul of yours, so dear to you, for whom you worked so hard to prepare this gift, that soul will be torn from your breast. Then who will get what you have prepared for yourself? You won't get it. Your soul won't get it. It won't go to anyone that you care about. And it could not keep death from your door despite its abundance. You fool. This is how it will be with whoever stores up things for themselves, but is not rich towards God, says Jesus. Oof. God takes a rich man and gives him a bumper crop and the man says, yippee! He buys a bigger safe and a better armchair and a crate of champagne just to work through, just him on his own. Sound honourable? Sound admirable? What's missing? Well, Jesus says what is missing is to be rich towards God. And so let's look, number two, at the right place to find life. And it is in being rich towards God. So what is it to be rich towards God? Let's explore this by thinking about other ways the rich man could have reasoned in his situation. The ground of a certain rich man yielded an abundant harvest. He thought to himself, isn't the Lord kind? What a great harvest. 
And it comes on top of other good ones. And my barns won't hold it all. What should I do? I have no place to store my crops. Since God has been so generous to me, giving enough to last me many years, I'd like to be generous in return. He has dealt with me richly and I'd like to deal richly with him in return. But he doesn't need any grain. Yet he wants me to love my neighbour. Then he said, this is what I'll do. I'll say to my neighbours, O neighbours, I have much goods laid up for many years. How can this be put to use among us? Whose hunger can this relieve? Whose misfortune can this alleviate? Whose debt can this pay? Whose potential can this develop? And if that very night after he has relieved hunger, paid debts, invested in others, God says to him, your life is required from you. Who will get what you have prepared? His answer might be, my brothers and sisters will get what I have prepared. My brothers and sisters with whom I shared the inheritance that belongs to us all. And instead of saying to this man, you fool, the Lord might instead say, well done, good and faithful servant. How can you and I then be rich towards God? Well, by having God's generosity to you become your generosity to others. The more money you have, the more people it's for. Once you have enough for yourself, a sufficiency, then start looking for ways to share. Now, it is natural, isn't it, to share with family. And it's good that we do. But God didn't say, love your family as yourself. He cast the net even wider. Love your neighbour as yourself. And so, if you do well, if you have a success, if you receive a windfall, if you build a store of treasure, don't let that turn you in upon yourself. That's what happened to that rich fool. He turned in upon himself. He thought of his soul. He thought of himself. Don't let your prosperity turn you in upon yourself so that you think only of yourself or only even of your family and say, soul, thou hast much goods laid up. Let it instead turn you out. Firstly, to God. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. Wow. Show me how to share this. Show me how to dispose wisely and well of this excess, this surplus, this abundance. Then let it turn you to your neighbour, asking those questions. Whose need can this relieve? Whose debt can this pay? Whose potential can this unlock and enable and develop? It's Lent. Time for us to focus on the work of repentance. And so one thing to repent of is greed. And so let me ask, will you give up self-absorbed greed? 
And not just for Lent, not just for 40 days, will you give it up forever? Let's pray. Father, we thank you for the abundance that you shower upon us from time to time, the way that you provide more than we need for ourselves. Teach us, Lord, when that happens, not to turn in upon ourselves and give ourselves a gift and store up things for ourselves as if in doing that we can find and guarantee life. Rather, teach us firstly to be thankful to you and secondly, to turn to our neighbour and to seek to share, to relieve need, to develop potential, to serve and love others with what you give us. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.